broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. It's Easier folks to get information about the Callaway nuclear plant than it is about the Golden Corral opening in Columbia, Missouri. Tell them it's going to be a rock and roll. And Brian Houseworth officially secures a nomination for winner of the week for that comment. Uh, he is very concerned about the Golden Corral and had a viral tweet on Thanksgiving when they were asking people to come on down for a buffet or a, a, a lot of food and they were officially closed. And, and, and honestly, it is still probably the thing we get the most questions about uh, from listeners is when, uh, I'm not making it up, we get more questions about that than anything else, and it is uh, Even more than roll carts? Yeah, more than roll carts, yes, but uh, the the answer is we don't know because they they just... I'll just say it. They're n- they're not good about getting back with us. Yeah, that that that's, is a, that's 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 a concern. It it is a concern, and whoever's managing their social media clearly is not local. Um, well, I'm really excited about our next guest. We um, we talk a lot about the airport, and you all know, and and you guys have heard us talking about the airport. Right. I am a frequent visitor there, and while I appreciate everything Quaker has done as far as offering some free rice cake, sometimes you're just you need a little bit more than a rice cake. And so uh, the city recently put out a contract um, out for bid, and you all won the uh, bid. So I am joined by Dave Lawrence of Jackson Brothers of the North. You are officially the contractor for the airport. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right. Glad so, to be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit just about your business in general and maybe what got you interested in bidding on this airport project? Because I understand this is your first time in an airport. Um, so this is the first time into in a major terminal, um, like regional terminal. Okay. Um, we've done business in several different facilities. We've done and uh, so uh, we provide uh, services anywhere from small um, operations, one one machine locations, all the way up to cafeteria service. And, um, you know, we're um, we've been operating in mid-Missouri now for 23 years and um, we're glad to be operating in this area. And we're looking forward to the opportunity to uh, do some different things down at the the airport uh we're bringing state-of-the-art technology in there that um frankly just isn't anywhere else in mid-missouri well i think we're really excited about this because we were promised this new terminal obviously this you know a lot of funding be it from jefferson city from columbia it took a lot of partners and a lot of people to get um to get that terminal done but one of the big draws was i think the two things that were promised was jet bridges and food Right, uh, and then so it's been. How long has the airport been open, Brian? Has it been a year? Uh, it was October, October yeah. last year, yep. so a little over a year. Right. I was there for that, and you, you, you've been involved as well. But sure. and, and so that food piece has been missing. So what's right. the timeline for you all coming in, and what what should people expect? So I, I now to back up a little bit. I think when they started promising food, um, it was probably pre-COVID. 
Yes. And so COVID yes. has made a lot of food service providers a little bit skeptical yeah. <laughs> of whether or not they're in the right business or not. And um, so we have found a, a great niche in what we do. And um, the first thing that we're going to be doing at the uh, airport is bringing in what they call a um, just walkout t- technology, which is offered through Amazon. It's very similar to like an Amazon Go, Go store. And um, what we'll be able to do there is do a lot of grab-and-go food. We'll be able to offer um, beverages, uh, mm-hmm. hot and cold beverages, and we'll be able to uh, possibly have some alcoholic beverages. So mm. I think a lot of Yay. people are... People may be more excited about the alcoholic beverages than they are the actual food. Um, long term, we're hoping that the the, the population and, and the traffic that is generated through there will pro- give us the opportunity to provide hot food service as well. So, Well, I appreciate you coming in and, and, and answering questions. Uh, I know it went before the council and I talked about it. And in the council packet, it's, it's two pages. And uh, I'd like you to kind of elaborate on this because they don't give a lot of detail in the, in the council packet. But it mentions, just like you said, the just walkout technology that would operate 365 days a year. It says in here, restaurant area, it mentions the council packet, limited hot food menu, this is straight off the packet, limited hot food menu will be available once the city completes construction of the kitchen area. Can you elaborate on that? Right. So right now, we, we're, we're dealing with an empty space. Yeah. I mean, studded walls, and it's just open. So, exactly. I mean, the construction for that facility is going to take we're hoping the phase one's going to be ready to go in six months. Nice. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they'll get in there. Uh, construction guys will get in there. They'll take care of the, the empty space and uh, have phase one uh, ready to go for the Amazon team to come in within three to four months. From that time, we're looking at another three to four months before we're live. So at the earliest five to six months from now, we should be able to see some services in there. Right now, we're providing um, services through our vending yeah. Uh, platforms and uh, you know you can use credit cards cash and, and what I, I guess that's just about it credit if, cards and cash if if i may follow up very quickly and i'm i really appreciate the information because again this is you have a lot more than what's in the council right. packet ideally and i know you know we don't know what's going to happen with this kitchen and they're they're doing a lot of work out there but ideally what would you sir like to see ideally with your facility out there to, to serve the, the public if, if you could, if you could do well in a perfect do, world yeah. you know we're able to serve both sides land yeah. and air um it gets a little difficult uh you know i've heard a lot of comparisons between the jefferson city airport and the columbia airport and as a pilot i can tell you they're two totally different um operations uh jefferson city does not have a terminal they have right. an fbo and that's you know, the fixed base of operations. Yep. And uh, the restaurant is separate from the actual building in Jefferson City. They have the entire town of Jefferson City that is able to come over and shop with them and, and have service with them, you know, pretty much seven days a week, as, long, as many days as they're open. Columbia is a little bit different story because the services are offered inside the terminal. Mm. So you have to go through TSA to begin with. So we have a smaller population, even though that's a larger airport. Yeah, and you bring up a very good point there. And also it's south of town. And you said you have to go through TSA. Now, when the new new what do you facility opens, mm-hmm. are you going to be able to 
like offer that to people outside of security and inside security when it begins or will it still be only inside well i think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves i don't i don't know that we can answer that question right now i just it's it, it this is not a if you build it they they will come sort of situation but th- that's what we're going to be looking for we're going to be looking to serve both sides of that um but you know there's not we we have no intention of having seating in the on the outside of uh tsa so Okay. I think John has a question. Sure. Yeah, my question was, I think those of us who have been through the bigger airports, is this going to be kind of thing that you guys are going to initially have, like those combo vending machines and the hot and cold sandwich machines, that sort of thing initially, or what? Well, I've I've seen just walk walkout technology in several uh, airports, um, but this is really, it's, it's like a, it's like a cubicle within the, the terminal. I mean, it's the, it's not really like a vending machine at all. It's 300 square foot facility. So you're actually going to put your credit card into gates. The gates will allow you to come in once you step inside the facility. Uh, the Amazon technology creates an avatar of your group, if you will, because even a couple people can go in at the same time and all of your luggage and everything, you can take it all in with you. And it creates an avatar of you. You walk around, you pick up what you want. If you don't want something, you put it back. And when you get ready to walk out, you just walk out. You can put in your information to get a receipt and it'll email you a receipt. And, you know, Amazon says it's 99% accurate. And I've, I have personally tried to, to make the system fail at different airports and it, <laughs> I have not been able to make it fail. I've always been charged the appropriate amount. So Interesting. Well, that is interesting. So what is, uh, what's the weirdest thing you all vend currently? We've had this discussion on Wake Up Mid-Missouri before like because you know you go to Herman and there's the bacon vending machine uh-huh. and there's uh-huh. we've heard overseas there's some real weird vending machines and the listeners always like to tell us what they can find. Is there something now like a product where you're like I never expected this product to be offered in a vending I don't know that I try to vend anything that's weird. I, <laughs> I, I try to vend stuff that's going to sell. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we are a business and we want to make a profit. Uh, I, I don't know that I have a good answer for that question. What about folks who are, I don't know that I'm ready necessarily to vend certain things or to buy certain things out of a vending machine. Mm-hmm. So I know you offer some fresh products. Sure. So what would you say to people who are like, is it okay to buy a salad out of a vending machine? Absolutely. All of our food is made fresh. It's delivered, uh, refrigerated. It's never frozen, and it's all has a shelf life. And and salads, you're going to have a shelf life that's less than seven days. So your ready-made salad mixes that you're getting at Walmart have probably have a longer shelf life than the ones that that we are selling. So, yeah, I mean we 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 serve fresh food, made daily, delivered fresh, never frozen. We also have branded items as well that have been frozen and then brought back to a refrigerated state but all of our products are delivered on refrigerated trucks and um good to go so you said you uh don't try to vend weird products but do you so what are some of your most popular products and is it regional like do you are mid missourians weird in that we like really like fig newtons or we really like oreos can you talk about some of the most popular ones and any ones that have surprised you well i will tell you that that one of the surprising things is per capita mid-missouri is one of the number one uh sellers of mountain dew and uh <laughs> and and i believe you can talk to the folks over at pepsi but they will they they used to have plaques up on the wall of being the number one distributor in per capita in, in the country so we like our mountain dew here in mid-missouri and um 
unfortunately i'm i'm a diet mountain dew fan and i I try real hard not to drink it because it's full of stuff that you probably shouldn't but i get one every day so so maybe when we get more uh st louis people coming out here you'll have to find a way to vend toasted ravioli Oh, that was Fitz's not a bad idea. Here. Fried items. Fitz's, yeah, you that's, know, that's, a, that's a better idea, John. <laughs> Storing fried items is always a tough gig. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, we are so excited. Again, you know, it's something that I think people in mid-Missouri have been looking forward to. I personally enjoy using that airport, and I know this is an amenity that will just add to the growth. And the and I think also what we've heard from the airport operators is that the airlines, you know, kind of watch the airport, look at the facilities, look at the offerings. And I think having food in the airport will make that a more attractive terminal to future airlines. So appreciate you all stepping in to do this and excited excited to watch your growth. You're welcome. And I would like to just add that the city of Columbia has a great manager there at the airport. Michael Parks has done a fantastic job. He really pushed this thing over the finish line. And if I could give anybody credit for doing a, a job well done, it would be Mike Parks. So We'll nominate him as a winner of the week. He's been on our go. show, and we really appreciate his work. Uh, so shout out to Mike Parks. Um, okay, coming up next, we are going to do What's Hot with... Trey, I think. Hannah's a little under the weather, so I think Trey's got what's hot with Hannah. Trey, you know what's coming up? Oh, I know what's hot with me. Okay, got it. That's up next (laughs) on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Practiced here daily and perfected on the podcast. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It is 725-ish, which means it is 725-59, if I talk really fast. Um, so I am on time, and today it's not What's Hot with Hannah, it's What's Toasty with Trey. <laughs> That's clever, I like that. Very good. All right. Well, it's still kind of What's Hot with Hannah, because she sent me the uh, article that we're using for this, or the inspiration, rather, and that is, after 25 years... McNugget Buddies are coming back. What are McNugget Buddies? It's a little toy you used to get in the uh, Happy Meals. And so Happy Meals are coming back? They're doing their adult Happy Meals again. Remember last year? Yeah, I think someone misspoke when we were talking about that. Yeah, uh, slightly. Adult Happy Meals with special toys, right? And this is the McNugget (laughs) Buddies. Yes. So what? So can you order what, like uh, chicken nuggets and just regular Happy Meals? Anything special about the adult Happy Meal? Um, not that I can tell. I think it's just going to be you know a slight, slightly bigger portion. So I like this idea honestly because we've talked about Hannah. You had um uh, someone in for your wedding from Australia, and the one thing that like blew his mind were the sizes of our fast food sides and the mcdonald's french fries specifically he said the (laughs) large was gargantuan like our medium fry is what they would call a large that's yeah no so i think that's right in that our sizes have gotten really out of whack and especially with everyone with the economy the way it is i'm always like flabbergasted when i go through the drive-through and have to buy food for five people that you know and then watching some of it go to waste because it's not like you're going to reheat fast food although hannah i think you've told me that sometimes you will do that 
you reheat fast food? No, my husband does. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and burritos from Taco Bell. <laughs> and the look on your face. So, uh, so I think, you know, having an, an option that is not the bucket o french fries that might be more affordable for folks who are just looking for a quick bite to eat, I think is a good thing for McDonald's. Absolutely. Plus, who doesn't want to have a little toy after their meal that's going to get thrown away in two I days. remember those things. They look, I remember my kid got them when they were out the first time around, yeah. and they were sort of shaped like a McNugget with little hats and yeah. stuff Are on they them. like yeah. figurines? What are they? Yeah, it, so they look like little... Like kind of like a Mr. Potato Head, but a Chicken McNugget? Yes. <laughs> but they, they well, you can't move their little pieces. Well, the funniest thing about this is it's a, the kind of headline there is returns after 25 years... These are older than I am. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the Gen Z's making us feel old with their words of the year and their McDonald's. But they, they, that's the craziest. Risen on the nuggets. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. John. John. But, like, but McDonald's has this incredible staying power. We were just on the road, uh, my family, and we tried to convince the kids to go somewhere else because... We have a McDonald's in Ashland, and so we eat a lot of McDonald's. And I said, how about this? How about this? How about this? Only McDonald's, Mom. And I'm thinking, what? Like, I don't know if it's the marketing. Certainly the food is good, but it's just today, you know. Brainwashed. I guess. They just love it. They can't get enough. All right. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we are going to be talking to Representative Cherie Reich about the upcoming legislative session. And, Trey, I'm going to get your younger folk take on whether or not you think anything will actually get done in the legislature this year. Looking forward to it. That is up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get an exclusive look behind the scenes of the show by watching on YouTube. Search Wake Up Mid-Missouri. That countdown was posted on Facebook. We've got Mayor Ron Fitzwater with his granddaughters counting down to the mayor's tree lighting, officially kicking off some really fun local events here in mid-Missouri. Of course, we've got living windows in downtown Jefferson City and the parades. Uh, we've got living windows in Columbia. John, what are you looking forward to? Well, it's always a fun event, living windows, and like Brian said, with that new uh, drone light show, is going to be something very different. They're going to be doing that this evening in downtown Jefferson City, and then the Christmas parade that is historically in the capital city starts at 4.30 on Saturday, and I know a lot of other towns, Russellville included, have Christmas parades tomorrow as well, so it's definitely the holidays. And of course, I have to mention Ashland's Christmas parade is this evening, so very exciting, and of course, for uh, Zimmer, we will be celebrating our one-for-one holiday food drive with Commerce Bank. That's coming up on Wednesday, December 13th. We'll be doing that from 6 a.m., to 6 p.m. So very exciting. Tell you what, those drone light shows are absolutely incredible. Where did you see one? Because I was telling Hannah, I swear someone told me they saw one in person, maybe at a football game at like a halftime show. I don't know about that. I saw it uh, back in St. Charles for the 4th of July. They did one over um, Ameristar Casino, basically. Maybe that's where I had heard about it. I know someone I was personally talking to has seen one of these in real life. And I guess, listeners, if you've seen one in Midmo, <laughs> let us know where you saw it. because And they were saying it was just unbelievable. It's incredible. You know, Brian was talking earlier about how you just, it's, it might as well be 
midday out. It's so bright and it's just an incredible thing to see. Are they all synced up like on one remote or are they being individually operated? So I think it's done through a computer program that's doing things much more complicated than a human ever could. Yeah, it just... Or a team of humans could. It sounds... Uh, like a recipe for disaster. I'm just gonna be, well, we, we know, uh, there was a guy a couple weeks ago that Hannah talked about that the police were flying a drone over his house and he decided he was gonna play bumper drones and get his own drone up there and then ended up being charged because he did some damage to the yeah, police. Yeah, it was drone. in Audrain County. Right. And I think if the police are flying a drone over your house, um, and I don't think he actually knew it was a police drone at the time, but yeah, I'd be a little bit freaked out. But I'm sure, uh, this sounds way more sophisticated than just maybe my at home drone usage yeah you know i think it's it's done a the drones are a lot smaller than were than you're thinking of because usually you think of those like big like hex yes copter whatever's these from my experience were very small so it was almost like they had a couple leds on them and just flew up and they would move about into different designs and everything as a computer is controlling it and basically someone writes a program hits go on the computer and they just do the entire show amazing kind of like those robot dogs at the mizzou homecoming with their twerking or whatever they're no, all those things are creepy i'm sorry <laughs> i hate those things i think they are too but they're all controlled by like a computer look by computer programming essentially in like a little it looks like a nintendo controller it's uh, an iphone i think well, yeah, I think there's different ways to do it. So I think um, Craig is telling us that the Jeff City football team had one at halftime during their homecoming. So maybe okay. that's where I was hearing about the drone show. So some exciting things going on for Living Windows tonight. I do want to say, John, it looks like the rain is going to stop. And I think even at like six, we're still over 40 degrees. So that's a pretty nice day for Living Windows. I I know I've been to some ones that have been pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like bundle up and be the one want to go into the business. No, our rain's supposed to move out by afternoon and a high today of 50. So we would imagine in the 40s by the time uh, the Living Windows event starts about 530 in downtown Jefferson City. And usually those warm temps bring out an even bigger crowd. So, Trey, we're going to have to park <laughs> early and get down there early if we want to go, right? Absolutely. And if you're parking early, you might as well go see the uh, Governor's Mansion candlelit tours, which are just incredible. I, I had have a, never done it. I I'm... had a chance to go last year and loved every minute of it. Oh, good. It's, it's a beautiful building on its own and completely candlelit. It's even more incredible. It's absolutely breathtaking. But you're going to want to get there early because we know there's going to be a crowd. Uh, we're hearing from Corey. There was also a drone show in Ashland uh, by Amazon during the hot balloon glow. Um, so apparently it's becoming more popular in mid-Missouri, but if you're like me and you haven't seen it before, uh, some exciting stuff at Living Windows tonight. Okay, we are going to be talking with uh, Representative Reich about today is pre-filing, so we're celebrating the holidays, December 1st. We're also celebrating a feel-good Friday, um, but I think... And my I, favorite holiday of the year, the start, or the pre-start of the next year's legislative session but i i guess my question for you and you're you know kind of on the inside but in the in a younger crowd so i i guess do you see anything getting done is there anything that you're hearing that's different than just the general mantra of everyone's running for higher office and it's going to be another dumpster fire in the state capitol next year you know that's absolutely one of the things that we're going to have to wait and see on until we're actually in session or at least a little bit closer um 
right now, it's looking like it's going to be, again, very unproductive. You have half of the Senate, it feels like, running for higher office. Plus, you have issues in the House with leadership and everything. The ethics investigation still ongoing with Speaker Plocker. But, no, there's also potential to get some really important pieces of legislation passed. One of the things I'm especially passionate about, and this isn't necessarily Republican politics, this is just me personally. Um, Tim Scott, during the debates, talks about how important it is to not just be anti-abortion, but to be pro-life for the whole life. And it's for that reason that I'm also anti-death penalty. And Tony Lavasco, a Republican rep from St. Charles County, as well as Representatives Patty Lewis and Sarah Unsicker, are bo- are all three going to refile their bills to end the death penalty in Missouri, which I'm very excited to see and I'll be following very closely. Is that an issue that you and the college Republicans have had one of your discussions on? It's not. I keep trying to convince the executive board to go with me on that, and I'm hoping next year I'll be able to finally get one on the death penalty. And you're, But you're right in that it's not necessarily, it doesn't break down Republican-Democrat on that issue. And it's interesting you bring it up because two, I think two years ago, I went to CPAC and they had a whole separate like half day of programming and, and significant debates um, about criminal justice reform and about the death penalty. And I think I left the debate more... Uh, more confused and more I have a hard time on both sides of it um, but I think the arguments that were made were both from a conservative perspective but yeah. really good arguments in favor of both sides and I think both arguments absolutely have merit it's just a matter of you know what do you believe I my faith teaches me that life is absolutely a sacred gift from God and because of that I don't think humans should have control over ending it yeah, that that's well, and it's really good that you're talking about this. I, I'm just thinking in the context of our statewide elected officials. I don't know that I've any of the folks that have been running for office. Have they said it is? Does anyone share your view that you know of? Not off the top of my head. You know, it's not one of the major hot button issues. It's just one that I tend to follow very closely. One of the things I do want to point out, though, is that Governor Parson, even though he is not stopping all um executions in missouri he is granting clemency at um, at a nearly unprecedented rate and made national news this last week for doing so and being one of the most le- the le- one of the leading governors on criminal justice reform and a lot of th- he's letting people out of people who were in on drug charges yeah. like small uh, burglaries and that kind of thing which i think probably is the way to go and i think that's always kind of been my thing with um criminal justice reform i think i approach it from an economic perspective of how much is it costing us to execute these people or how much is it costing us to keep these people in prison their whole life and is it really married you know if you're really a true economic conservative is that the right answer and i and i usually come to the conclusion of no um but obviously with what we've seen lately with the uptick in violence you have to do it in a very measured way and i think uh what we know from the governor is i think he had 3600 clemency petitions and i think he denied yeah. 2600 but he's also granted a whole bunch so you know he's he, i think that process takes time but it's it's he's looking at it very carefully which i think is is what you have to do but with this you know i think what we hear and i, I want to make sure 
I get to this. I think what we hear with statewide elected officials a lot, um, we hear them talking about national issues. And I see this at every level of government, and it really frustrates me. Um, people, I know it got involved in one of the local Ashland races, and people were really fired up about people's stance on the Second Amendment. And I'm thinking, what on earth are we going to do at the city council, really, level that would that would any way implicate the Second Amendment. Like, we just don't touch that. We, we have no authority to touch that. You know, there's a... Um, I'm going to go back to St. Charles for just a second. I know we don't... Uh, we're not out there unless you're listening in on the website or on the app. But the um, St. Charles County Council actually just voted down the other day a resolution opposing the bringing in of illegal immigrants to St. Charles County. And they voted it down, I believe it was 3-3, because one of the members was absent. But Senator Eigel spoke particularly passionately about the resolution, and it was voted down after uh, Councilman Elam, Mike Elam was saying that, you know, this resolution has no binding force of law. It is not something that we have authority over. This is literally just saying, hey, we think this thing. We're just doing something for political purposes. And so I think we, and we like, I think we fall prey to that, those arguments too, when you are, because I see it with statewide elected officials and state, the state legislature, when they're talking about things like inflation and some things that are on the federal level, it's like, I want to elect you to office, but what you're talking about isn't something that you personally are going to be able to control. So the death penalty is a really good issue because it is a state issue. And should we elect the right people to the state house and depending on our state, our governor, I mean, that's an issue that we should be asking our our state elected officials about makes so. takes me back to the gosh i remember when it was the early 2000s when jefferson city state representative bill deacon uh, introduced a bill for a multi-year moratorium on the death penalty at the state house yeah and, that, and he was you know he's kind of the other side of the aisle on that one because the people who initially proposed it were death penalty you know you know left-wing death penalty critics and all that and bill deacon a staunch republican jumped right in the middle of that one you know, and I think it's particularly topical that we're discussing this this morning. Governor Parson, as we mentioned earlier, named a new acting director for the Department of Corrections just today. Um, I'm blanking on the guy. Trevor Foley mm-hmm. is the guy's name. And it'll be interesting to see if he has any policy changes coming up with the department, especially when it comes to capital offenses and death row yeah there's a lot of really interesting things going on and newer programs at doc that i'm hopeful as they kind of get off the ground um that we can bring some folks on to talk to the wake up family about all right coming up next john and that would be all except for this what do you got for us maybe a different kind of joint pain (laughs) i think i know where this is headed This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Saying whatever we want. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And that would be all. Except for this. An Australian ex-convict just learned during medical checkup the source of his longtime sinus headaches was... A balloon filled with marijuana that he'd hidden in his nose while serving time 18 years ago. The guy's plight documented in a British medical journal, which called it the, quote, first reported case of prison-acquired marijuana-based 
rhinolith. A rhinolith, if you don't want to get out your medical dictionary, a stone formation within the navel cavity. The guy said, yeah, he stuck the balloon up his nose after his girlfriend sneaked it into the prison where he was serving time. Went back to his cell and tried to pick the balloon out of his nose, but it went further into his sinuses and out of reach. Then he assumed the sticky icky had passed through his system until he had a recent x-ray that revealed a rubber capsule in his head containing degenerate vegetable matter. The drugs were extracted, prompting Aussie officials to label packages of THC gummies with not intended for nasal application. Not know the rest of sticking something up your nose in that story. We talked about little kids and uh, my kids even swallowing things they shouldn't, but we forgot about prisoners and their penchant and criminals and their penchant for uh, putting things in places they shouldn't. I That's guess. right. <laughs> if you talk to your corrections officer's friends, they simply refer to that smuggling as keistering. Oh, no. Really? That is uh, bad, but marijuana up the nose and then just forgetting. I mean, you can't exactly, you know, once you do that in prison, you can't exactly say, I have a problem, because then you're just tattling on yours. Exactly. So you couldn't report it. Almost 20 years later before he finally got an x-ray. My question is just, how did they not notice that? Like, to my knowledge, like, guards are still there during visitation. Oh, the prisoners get away with so much, don't they, John? Oh, for sure. I mean, more drugs in the prison than there is on the street. Oh, my goodness. Unlike uh, Brian Houseworth, I have not spent time in the prison system. <laughs> yeah, but he did work for the prison system for a couple <laughs> of years. To use our favorite term. Yeah, he did. He did. But, yeah, no, I, I, I've had friends who are guards, and I, we all talked. I, I still remember this one story about... We were all sitting around talking about how bad our week was. And I was like, oh, I had a lot of meetings and a lot of Zooms. And, you know, it just wasn't a great week. And my friend who worked in the prison said, well, I was on 24-hour keistering watch. I don't know what you call this, John. But basically, they had put someone in solitary. And they were just waiting for him to... um, All things must pass. Release. story yesterday. Yes, they were waiting. And so I guess that somebody (laughs) has to keep an eye on these people. And then once that happens, uh, then they... That's the proof that they need that the person, you know, ate or did whatever with the other, the random item. You know, you ever... <laughs> Thank get you, that, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> you ever get that thought through your head that, oh, this job is really tough. I would rather be doing anything else. Yes. Maybe not anything. <laughs> Maybe not anything. Although I still stick to my guns in that the dirtiest, grossest job, the dentist. I could never Oof. be a dentist. I would not. I would rather be a prison guard than be a dentist honestly that's i so i'm a cancer survivor actually and i anything healthcare at this point i'm like nope nope i've seen it all i've done it all i'm I'm done you're done well i (laughs) we're happy for you for that and i know i've got a lot of friends right now who are struggling with cancer and i think there's a word i'd like to say about cancer that i can't say on the air but we're glad you're with us today trey and ditto (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Coming up, we are going to have um, Representative Cherie Reich. I think last time she was on the program, Hannah, did we get the dump button button pushed? I was not here. Oh, no. I was. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to remind her of all of the words that she cannot say on the air, but you never quite know what you're going to get. One thing you do know, you're going to get the truth and you're going to get someone who's 
very authentically themselves. We are going to get her full recap, or not recap, I guess, preview of how this legislative session might go for Bidmo. And you barely need the microphone.